0: Conversations with Dwyer, I'm Matt Dwyer, this is a music podcast, and speaking of music, that song that played me in is entitled Backflip, it is from the band Wombo, it is from their upcoming album Fairy Rust, which is out July 29th on Fire Talk Records, and my guest today is Sydney Chadwick, and she's the bass player and the singer of that band, and that bass in that song is pretty fucking badass. Uh, In the show notes are all things Wombo, you could pre-order this album, the Bandcamp link is in there. Uh, Pre-order it. I got an advanced digital copy of the album, and it is incredible. I definitely will be pre-ordering the record, as I often do, because I like to support my bands. Not just my band. They're not my bands. I own nothing. <laughs> uh, I also have a cold while I'm recording this intro, and it's because I'm so jacked out on cold beds. This is like the fifth time I've recorded this, because I keep leaving stuff out. But anyway... If you go to the show notes, all things Wombo, you could pre order the album, Fire Talk Records, July 29th. Also, you could go to com and become a Patreon subscriber. This conversation I did with Sydney Chadwick was an hour and a half. What you get here in the public view is uh, an hour. In Patreon world, you get an hour, you get part one and part two. The part one even has some, a little bit of extra stuff. So you can. Uh, And most of my episodes have part ones and part twos, or I put up the episode in its entirety. I also do blogs, reviews, audio blogs. You could get video of a lot of the conversations. This conversation, there's not a lot of video because she was in her car, Sydney was in her car on a side street in Louisville, Kentucky, where the band is from, drinking an iced coffee. We had a little bit of trouble at the top there, so I kind of edited. We had some, it kept cutting out. But then she gets out of her car, we called, it works out, it's a great conversation. Also, just real quick, we discuss one of her songs and the lyrics of the songs, but I don't talk about, I don't name the song, but it's the song that played us in, Backflip. So we talk about the origin of that song, which is pretty interesting. And I think that's it for me. Go to thematdwar.com, become a Patreon subscriber. There's also conversations with... Dwyer merch. That's all. I'm really high on cold medicine. <laughs> um, that's all. I enjoy my conversation with the great Sydney Chadwick of Wambo.
1: I like it more as a thing to kind of forget about the fact that, like, life's crazy and stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. Why would you do drugs? To remind yourself, you do drugs to forget. You make you listen to music to forget. Like all of us humans are really good at like escapism and like, you know, just like distracting ourselves and like I think that yeah, it's been getting crazier and crazier, so it's like why not have stuff like music? to be more for, like, relaxed purposes. Not that our music is particularly relaxing, but I guess I just try not to, like, in my lyrics and stuff, remind people of how, like, shitty it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I, it's weird because I find, it, as as things have gotten crazier over the last couple of years, I've, I've found myself pulling away from the chemical uh, distractions, but I still go more towards music
1: same yeah it's almost like you know I don't know hangovers and stuff are getting crazier like just I'm like the older I get the more I'm like okay actually like drugs and alcohol and stuff are making me feel worse overall like over the course of time like you might have a good time that night but then like for two weeks straight and this is just how my brain works for two weeks straight after like a come down of something you will just be like so depressed you can't function like properly so I'm just like to actually make my life better I kind of have to be like sober more.
0: (laughs) yeah Especially like whiskey, whiskey was really wreaking havoc on my brain,
1: yeah, for sure, it just makes me feel a little dumber, and like I don't need much help with like you know just already having kind of like a confusing heart. <laughs> I'm generally in a state of confusion most of the time. And you yeah, I never know what it's what's gonna happen. Never know what's gonna be going on there. So it's like the straight and narrow for me is a little bit as much as like stay in that lane is a little bit better.
0: Yeah. I feel like as I get older the more I realize that I can't cop to owning to knowing anything about life. I don't know fucking like and any Thing that people subscribe to I'm like I'm glad that works for you But I don't know A fucking thing And that is more comforting To me than Subscribing to say Jesus Christ
1: <laughs> That's really smart But I also kind of Been thinking lately Like You know like We all have Every, like, form of humanity, whatever, like, in the past has had some type of religion, and everyone kind of makes up their own religion for themselves, and so that's kind of, like, your religion, like, just admitting that you don't know what's going on or anything. Like, I think we all make up tiny little religions within ourselves to make life easier, not, like, lose our shit all the time, you know what I mean? There's got to be some something. I just feel like (laughs)
0: any time I've thought I knew what was going on or had whether what faction of my life that may be creatively career, parenting, I find out I don't know fucking anything, (laughs) (laughs) and it's better just to be like and humble and go, yeah, I don't know anything.
1: For sure.
0: Do you subscribe?
1: I think if I, I think I feel better when I embrace my general confusion about everything. Uh, I'm more, more like myself. Like I'm not trying to like pretend or try too hard that like, I know anything. I don't really like particularly like talking to people who are like really like indoctrinated in their thoughts and like, like this is how it is. You know, I'm like, I changed my mind a lot. And like, I don't know, I feel like it's nice to kind of accept that we're all sort of like lost and confused, but that can be like a good thing because then it can be more open as a person, maybe like that's how it is.
0: I totally agree. And that's the thing is like, as I, I'm probably a lot older than you and we'll get specifics if you want, but I'm older than you, (laughs) but like supposedly We're supposed to become more rigid as we get older And I think I'm I'm getting like More to the left and more like Fuck it, let's try shit Yeah,
1: for sure I agree
0: If you're not curious, what the fuck is the point of life?
1: Exactly Or if you You're gonna believe it's one You know super, like, black and white, then what's the fun?
0: Um, I know you said life is hard, which I'm not going to argue with you there, but I was wondering if... Was there a moment where you... That... That that dawned on you? Because I could sort of clearly remember the moment in my life where I was like, oh, this is a bunch of bullshit.
1: (laughs) I, um... I think that, like... I don't want to sound like pessimistic, running the risk of sounding pessimistic by saying life is hard. It's like a thing, but um, I think everyone would generally agree, but I don't really remember a specific time that I realized that. I think that I kind of had like not the easiest of going childhood. So it was probably very early on, but uh, it was always like a thing that was just like within me. And uh, I think certain people are just like, maybe like programmed differently to where they can, you know, they're like their brain chemistry is just built a little differently. And for me, just like personally dealing with, regular everyday things such as like depression and stuff like that can make it just seem a little more like overwhelming and daunting in general but I don't really remember like it's super impressive that you remember like the specific time to me (laughs) because I don't remember (laughs) like I'm just like I kind of feel like I always sort of like had that a little bit that kind of sense
0: yeah, I think I mean I too had a pretty I had a pretty weird childhood. I think there was a yeah. s- series of events that where I was like, but I th- like there was I guess I like there was the moment where I was like, oh my family's really fucked up. Like that was a clear yeah. And
1: same yeah. yeah. Was, I think that sorry. I think that when I would like go and um see other friends and visit other people's houses and see how their families react, treated each other and like interacted and stuff. I was like, whoa. And like, I think that sometimes like the topsy turvy, like chaotic environment that I was like brought up into, um, like kind of prepared me a little bit for like being able to handle the constant shifts and changes with traveling and boring, like in a band and like not being able to really like, cause while I'm trying to make the band work, it's like hard to have like an actual like career and, uh, and like go to school and all this stuff that like, well, I guess if you want to, but like, you know, I'm I'm a bartender, basically. And, like, I just make as much money as I can, like, super fast. And then I, like, travel with my band and, like, try to make bills on time and stuff. And uh, whereas, like, somebody who had a more stable, like, environment growing up would have a harder time with the constant just, like, changes and, like, adapt and be in, like, survival mode a lot of the time. Yeah. And, like, find. It's like within myself you know so I think it was super good and like preparing me because
0: I I relate to a lot of what you're saying about like I don't know I bartended bart- do what kind of place do you bartend in
1: so it is a um sort of a mix between like it's sort of divy a little bit but uh not like you know coyote ugly kind of divy you know which would be sick like honestly I love that movie but um but yeah it's more like you know I'm a daytime bartender and I it's sort of a neighborhood bar people come in there and like just chit chat and stuff but then it, night it becomes a fucking madhouse. like dj people everywhere you can't like hardly walk in the building kind of a place which i luckily don't have to experience even though you know i would make more money definitely but those people are staying up till like five or six a.m to shut the bar down because we're like a 4 a.m city oh wow and uh yeah,
0: I, cause I which used, is I just I used to bartend in Chicago and I bartend I used to bartend in L.A. But Chicago is four o'clock too. It's so a it's fucking hard on the body though, man.
1: It really is, and like you know, going back to just understanding and being respectful to your own body and knowing that you might particularly have a harder time than other people if you already kind of regularly deal with you know mental health stuff you got to be kind of aware of your limits and I like am not ashamed to be like hey like I'm a daytime practitioner I cannot do the night stuff because it will be like less than a week that I start to fall apart and then I will end up like not being able to work there any longer (laughs) like so it's like you know, you got to be like honest about that, about your limits and stuff. Like I hate to turn down all the m- money that they're making, you know, cause I make about half of what they all make at night, but I'm totally okay with that because I feel better.
0: Yeah, it's just as a as a a guy who's bartended too. It's like day the daytime. It's also it's got its different kinds of depressing situations. But it's like at least yeah. you're you're not there all night and then sleeping all day and never seeing daylight. Like it's that's like really yeah. And it's, yeah, it's weird because I feel like I learned a lot like I learned how to read people from bartending and like it keeps me out of like bad situations like I can spot trouble a mile away
1: for sure and I can see how that can help and like you know our lines of work too like I'll be like um at shows and stuff and uh I kind of have my bartender Hawkeye out a little bit. Cause you know, it's mostly, we're all time like playing in bars and stuff. And it kind of like prepares you for situations with like people, how to talk to people who are just like inappropriate and like too drunk and just like, you know, settling down situations and stuff or like, You know it even like you're on the spot when you're bartending too like you're like performing a little bit like a tiny bit and so it kind of like helps keep me uh social (laughs) like um, a little bit like it kind of forces me to like turn it on sometimes and stuff when i'm not completely like feeling it
0: Yeah, it's amazing the authority you could learn to, I don't know, I faked it, but like just, I mean, shutting down dudes who are like three times my size and and inside going, I'm going to die.
1: Mm-hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting, like, as a female bartending, um, during the day, like, most of the time, it's super chill, but occasionally, you know, and I'm, like, I'm the only one there that's, like, bartending and stuff, and uh, during the day, it's just, like, one bartender. So you'll occasionally just get some, like, creep in there, you know, saying some stuff, and, like, I know it's the old, it's the old, like, adage, like, bartenders are sassy, okay, like, you know, it can be kind of like, a little bit like the sassy bartender but I'm like there's kind of a reason that that's a stereotype is because like we kind of have to be to protect ourselves (laughs) and people will just push us to our limits with the shit that they think they can say to us because we're behind the bar and we're forced to be there and stand there and like listen to that and like it's sort of similar when I'm like behind a merch table like uh, because right now obviously we're just You know kind of a smaller scale band we can't really afford to like pay people to do merch for us like sometimes we bring friends on the road but you know like they'll be taking photos and stuff and i'm just more of the person that knows what's going on behind like the merch stand and like you know i sell a lot more if it's me behind the merch stand and stuff and like i'm able to talk to people too and which is fun but occasionally I have to turn on that sassy bartender shit because, like, some dude will be, like, oh, she's stuck behind the merch table. Let me just go over there. And, like, I've had people, like, ask me if I have a boyfriend and stuff. And I'm just, like, dude, what the fuck? Like, I'm just standing back here, like, you know, trying to have a good time at this show. and Like, you see me stuck behind here. It's the same thing at the bar. It's, like, you see me stuck behind here doing my job and you just, like, trap me and, like... (laughs) Like, I can't leave because I'm doing my job. It's not like I can go anywhere, really. So, yeah. It's awful, and men are awful. You know that. <laughs> Some of them. Some of them. Good... I'm by no means like hating on I am. men. I am. i a lot of really good. Yeah.
0: I just, I, because you know, I, I grew up with a lot of bad men in my life, so I'm not a fan.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I feel that. I um, I like to like you know, have more of just like because I did too I had a similar experience but you know I'm like I, I like to give people benefit of the doubt first and just be like alright maybe this is chill but you know sometimes it ain't sometimes it just ain't
0: Yeah, I was curious because you said earlier that you would go to other people's houses and notice that their lives were different which is something I surely related to and I was just curious what that was like
1: yeah um, so just growing up Um, My parents, they met in drama school, actually, together. So, like, they both sing and do all that kind of stuff. And, like, I come from a very, like, musical family and everything and, like, wonderfully, like, creative. Like, they just, like, you know, would get us instruments as kids. And, like, they're very just imaginative when we would, like, go out to the woods and stuff. My mom would, like, was very encouraging of, like, my exploring by myself and stuff and, like, super just uh, vivid with her, like, imagination and how she, like, approached playtime with us and stuff. And so, like, they're extraordinarily, like, good parents in that regard and stuff. And, like, but I think along with their creativeness came a chaotic side and, like, uh, just... Like, without getting in too deep about it all, there were just, like, instances where it was just, like, not a very good environment for, like, a kid trying to find stability I I learned very early that like there was very little trust I could have in like the adults around me so I had to be like the person in my life who was able to like bring like peace to myself and that's why I was kind of like as a kid more inclined to like go off on my own and stuff um and so I like obviously like Found refuge in like other friends and other families and I would go to their house and while I'm not jealous anymore I used to be jealous of like their mom would like you know cook dinner and everybody sits at the table and it's all like normal nuclear family type vibes and I was like dang why I'm not I'm on I'm like not getting this you know and I should be getting this but really I'm like Everything is the way it is, and I became the person I am because of who I was raised and how I grew up and stuff, and it's not perfect, but, but yeah, I think as a kid, like... You know, I think a lot more than I even realized, a lot more kids were going to other parents' house and being jealous of, like, each other's, like, (laughs) upbringing and stuff, you know, just, like, comparing and contrasting and everything and what have you, and, you know, but I think that at the end of the day, like there were some things that could have been a little more beneficial and stable to my like cognitive growth you know and like health but like I was saying before it like prepared me for this like musician traveler's life that I have made for myself now like I think that the chaos sort of helped me learn to adapt more.
0: Yeah, I feel and
1: like, like take care of myself more.
0: Yeah, I started taking care of myself at a young age, and then, but I also yeah. feel like I I continue to seek chaos out sometimes. Do you find that you still sort of seek chaos?
1: Yeah, I find that I'm like comfortable, <laughs> like. You know, it sounds like really cliche and like what exactly you would hear in some psychiatry like textbook, but basically like it's true. Like if you grew up in a chaotic like environment, you probably feel more comfortable in chaos in chaotic moments, and uh, and then when things are like stable and normal and chill, you like start sweating, and you're like, okay, but like, what is going on here? It starts to feel kind of like Truman Showy to me, where I'm just like, this is not right. Like, <laughs> I don't know, you know. But but I think that there's healthy levels of chaos. Like, I don't think that all. Uh, All chaos is bad And I think that There's a healthy balance That has to be had
0: Do you think you could ever take Like a Normal job? Like could you work in an office Or are you just like Fuck No.
1: No No Hell no I don't even know Like You know I don't know what kind of a job I could really like Uphold I used to want to be like An esthetician Which is kind of like A dermatologist But more for like skin, like beauty overall, like appearance. I don't I don't even know. But I'm always like really interested in like skincare and stuff. Um So I used to kind of think that I would be good at that because like honestly I talk to people a lot about it and they're like shut up just go be an esthetician like (laughs) like you're just like going on and on about this stuff and that and like how uh, you know like products work together like the science behind it is really interesting to me so in a way like I feel like my brain, like, I'm interested in stuff like that, but when it comes down to actually doing the job and, like, sitting in an office day in and day out, kind of doesn't seem like my personality type. So, (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Like, I have lots of interests and lots of curiosities and stuff, but when it comes to, like, actually applying them to, like, a career, this just, like... If I have to just be in the same room all day long, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'd surprise myself. Maybe I'd be good at it, and I don't even know.
0: Yeah, there's like a number of jobs I'd like for a day, and then and just move the fuck on, just to be like, oh, I yeah, did that.
1: exactly.
0: Are there any other jobs yeah. you would want to do for a day?
1: For a day, um, God, I don't know. There's like. I used to want to, like, if I had the money to and the time, I'd want to volunteer on, like, some farms and stuff and, like, learn how to, um, like, grow crops and shit. And, like, agriculture has always been, like, really interesting to me, especially living in Kentucky and reading a lot of Wendell Berry and stuff. Um, I don't know if you know him, but I he don't. is he is a— I um, believe he lives in— Henry County, I'm probably wrong about that, some county that starts with an H, but um, he's a famous, like, author and poet here from Kentucky, and he uh, basically advocates for, like, more, um, just, like, sustainable agriculture and stuff, Uh, and his essays on that always were really inspiring to me, and his philosophy behind, like, talking about you know people are always like as a band like do you ever think it would be good to move here or move there like why are you living in Kentucky you know like don't you feel isolated maybe a little bit and I just like I see all these things happening here like our you know government is kind of backwards like our local government here um you know we're definitely more in the red but um like If everybody who was creative and progressive and wanted better things for Kentucky moved away from Kentucky, then what would happen to this place, you know? And I think that's what his philosophy is, is like, take care of the place where you are like from. But that's not to say that it's like a bad thing to move away from home, because it always did like pique my curiosity, like living somewhere else for a little bit. But I do love Kentucky, so. Something along the lines of being more involved with the land here and stuff always kind of interested me.
0: I was curious about, like, Kentucky and how that influences, because I feel like I'm from Chicago. Chicago's a very yeah. distinct you know, influ- it There's, but then the state isn't. Is just sort of this blah.
1: <laughs> it's like it's not very exciting. Yeah, like Illinois. Is it, Yeah. <laughs> it's like
0: if Illinois didn't have Chicago, it would just be, you know, the fucking land. Of, yeah. Of,
1: like what it... Yeah. But like, I feel like
0: Kentucky and Kentucky are. There's like that. It's more of, like, the state has an influence and impact on sort of... Yeah. Um, and I'm curious about that. I don't know if you can speak to that at all or if that's too broad.
1: Um, I'll try to, like, speak to it as much as I can. Like, uh, I've always had... I think Kentuckians are, like, pretty proud of our home. It's beautiful. Like, um, I don't know if you know uh, the author john muir um and he uh i guess just like wrote a lot of nature essays and stuff like that but basically um a long time ago when he like was alive i guess it was like 1800s early 1900s possibly i'm not really sure but he called um Kentucky, the Garden of Eden. Like, he went on this long walk and, like, woke up under some tree here and was just, like, writing in his journals about it and, like, it's so green here it's so beautiful there's lots of different areas of kentucky like uh there's a big like climbing culture here out in the red river gorge and stuff and there's the cumberland cumberland gap and like just lots of beautiful places so i feel like while louisville is the main city we all as residents of it can still like travel a little bit outside of it even like just 30 or 40 minutes out and be in like beautiful rolling hills farmland like and it really is rich soil so like everything is super lush and green here and um it kind of like it's nice to come back to after like traveling out west and like southwest and stuff and the desert areas like I love the landscapes out there but it really is kind of a shock when you come back here and how lush everything is you're just like wow <laughs> like it's really really pretty and lots of little dense forests that kind of you know as a kid running around the woods and stuff it piqued my imagination a lot I was very into like dragons and fairies and elves and shit like I literally thought that I was a changeling when I was a kid (laughs) which is insane like (laughs) but yeah just you know it's just very like kind of fantasy fantastical and like magical some of the areas here they can really be beautiful to visit so i think that that's why like people in kentucky have like a big heart for it and stuff even if you live like in louisville
0: yeah, it seems like everybody is poetic and romantic about the state.
1: I, yeah, and it's like I guess that's why. That's the only. Those are the only reasons I can come up with why. But it's it's for whatever reason, it seems like that.
0: Yeah, I haven't been... Uh, weirdly, because I've toured... I've been to Hopkinsville. I had an ex who was from Hopkinsville, Kentucky, and... Gotcha. So I know Kentucky a little. Is 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 it kind of... Because the other thing that fascinates me, too, is the Louisville scene. I looked up this morning to see how many people, bands, musicians, came out of Louisville, and it's mm-hmm. fucking staggering, the list.
1: Yeah. Yeah, like, some that you don't even, like, realize were from there.
0: There was a lot of that. Like I mean I know the the usuals, slint and
1: uh huh. Yeah. Prince Billy. <laughs> yeah. Um. Also, did you know Johnny Depp's from Kentucky?
0: I did know he's from Kentucky.
1: Yeah, he's from Owensboro. Um. Also, I'm trying to think. My mind's kind of blank. But um. Yeah. I mean, my morning jacket's a big one. Kind of that came from there. Also, our buddies in White Reaper, who have like perked in the last few years, are from here. Um. Yeah, just, like, I feel like Kentucky has a lot of, like, families that um, have been here for a long time and are, like, super, like, musical and stuff, and uh, lots of, like, you know, just sort of, like, backwoods kind of Appalachian uh, music in, some, in a lot of the families here, I feel like.
0: Other like outs more like I on the rock side, like the weird thing is too, is like I think of these bands that come out of. Louisville, and there's not like I feel like in with Chicago, you could sort of pinpoint a general mm-hmm. connection to the, but I feel like it's all over the map with bands out of Louisville, and it's kind of fascinating yeah. to me. I, don't, I wonder if that's I don't know, I don't like know if all
1: sorts of different like styles. Like, it's hard to be like, here's what the style is in Kentucky or Louisville or something like that. Is that what you mean?
0: Yeah, because like Chicago, especially the 90s sound, it was like that there was a very distinct sound going on. It's like, and I feel like Louisville, it's like all over the fucking place, which is really fascinating to me.
1: Uh, Yeah, I have no idea why that's a thing. I think that like, um, I mean, obviously like you got like, country people who are from here, like Loretta Lynn and Jim Ford and all sorts of people. But, like, you know, and my family is, like, very, like, country music background. But then I ended up being in, like, a fucking, like, post-punk or new wave or whatever you call it band. Um, And it's just, like, you know, totally not what I expected when I was growing up. I always thought I'd do some, like, country singer-songwriter shit because that's what I like to listen to and stuff. Um, it's so weird yeah I don't know and and I, I think about that too because we have shows in Louisville going on all the time with like lots of just new bands and old bands alike and everyone's like unique like it's fun to set up shows here because um, you have your pick of like so many different styles and um, I feel like I don't really... I couldn't even really tell you, but I feel like uh, years ago, there was a big, like, hardcore scene here, and I think there still is, but that was what I always thought of was predominantly, like, Louisville's... Specifically, Louisville's, like, scene was was kind of, like, the more hardcore punk scene. Um, And then I always thought it was, like, really grimy, and, like... I think that because... It's, you know, somebody in an interview recently asked us, you know, how we come up with our sound when Louisville's kind of like isolated a little bit, and I was like, I honestly. Don't think of Louisville as isolated, because we're kind of in the middle of a lot of stuff. And like we um, went to Idaho recently, and I was like, while it's beautiful out here, it's like you have to travel really far to get to anywhere else. Whereas in Louisville, you got like Nashville, you got Chicago near us, you've got like Indianapolis, you got like you know you don't have to travel too far to like be in other cities, and you can like kind of take your pick of them and we're in a great spot for being able to tour and travel so I think that kind of like makes a little bit of a difference in the sound that we have here maybe i have no idea <laughs> i'm just yeah. theorizing
0: i just also think it's interesting to say you're isolated in 2022 it's like yeah maybe
1: 30 years it's like you, the internet <laughs> is the same. yeah
0: i was like yeah have yeah. you heard of uh, spotify
1: dude <laughs> yeah i don't feel isolated at all but at the same time it's like it's kinda nice to be in Kentucky because if you want to feel a little more isolated, you don't really have to try too hard <laughs> to do that. That
0: sounds so all you right. kinda
1: yeah. yeah, you kinda have like the best of both worlds a little bit.
0: Yeah, that sounds ideal. All right, I'll move to Louisville. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Basically, this is a uh, public service announcement. (laughs) Is Louisville trying to get people?
0: Are rich fuckers like? Because I know, like, uh, we've thought about leaving California because it's just insane. And I'm like, are people moving to Louisville? Are are the dirty rich fucks Um, screwing it up for you?
1: I'm not really sure. I know that like gentrification is just something that's happening everywhere right now, Um, and I think that there is a huge like just all over. Like migration that is happening because so many of like the coastal cities and stuff and um, you know bigger cities are becoming kind of unbearably expensive and uh, you know the quality of life is like kind of going down a little bit because it's like you know what is so great about living in a place when you're just like extremely stressed about money all the time and like don't have much free time because you just have to like work all the time and uh, I think that possibly right now there is some people that are moving here which is kind of like I'm all for people moving away from somewhere that's like hellish for them or too expensive or just like whatever but at the same time it's inevitably making are cities that usually aren't too expensive more expensive you know it's like just something that happens I guess yeah. but and it's sad but yeah
0: do you do you think you have one of those country singer songwriter albums in your future
1: well I always kind of thought that if I don't do what I'm doing right now I would probably you know try some country stuff because i think my voice is like a little more made for like country music it's so funny when we're like you know just playing around in the basement i'll sometimes just like hit around and do a country rendition of our songs and it's just like you know my bandmates are just like god damn it like why aren't we a country band and I'm like I don't know dude I'm sorry like I, I, I wish I had known a long time ago that I'm better at singing country style than I am what I actually do for a band
0: have you thought about doing an alternative version of all your music is country because I would
1: it would be fun it would be it's very doable I mean it's like why not?
0: I hope you do For me Do it for me
1: Yeah at least one song I think You know
0: I I think that would be interesting That could be like A band camp thing for you I'm also your manager now I'm gonna move to Louisville And I'm now your manager
1: (laughs) Deal No, it is pretty fucking good here and, like, cheaper. Like, I live in a big house with, like, three other people. So there's four of us, and we all split rent. And I think you're going to vomit when you find out how much I'm paying for rent. But personally, I'm paying only $400 for rent. Like which is just kind of like insane like even in Louisville it's kind of hard to find like a quality living space for only four hundred dollars so I feel very lucky but there's just like that's the thing about it here is it doesn't take too much to like look around and if you're okay with communal living which I am like I love communal living then um you can like find really really decent priced places you know
0: are you? Is the communal living just like? Is there a part of you that's got some hippie in you, or is it something else? Nothing against. It. I didn't mean that to seem anti-hippie.
1: <laughs> um, I'm sorry. What did you say? There's a helicopter going. Oh, on in me.
0: I was just curious. Like, what the? Why you love communal living? Is it sort of like? A, oh.
1: Like... Um. Well. I am living with people that I have known for like years and years and years, like some of my like closest friends. And so it's very natural and easy for me to live with them. Um, Like, I don't know how it would be if it was more like strangers. I think there's like probably a guy on the loose right now and this helicopter is looking for him. (laughs) That's what I deduced from this situation, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's going away. Um, But, yeah, I think that especially, like it helps me because I have a cat too so when I leave for tour like I know that they're gonna love on my cat and like feed her and stuff and they are like totally supportive of that and uh also it's just fun to come home and like we all can go to our respective like alone spaces if we want to but if not like you know my uh, roommate Alex is like sometimes grilling out and like we'll all just sit in the backyard and like drink some beers or whatever together and like it's nice to. it feels like a little family or something
0: that's great I like that yeah oh uh, what about I was curious because there's a, a, a very distinct jazz influence in some of your songs
1: yeah um so I do actually like that stuff a lot too especially like Bossa nova a little bit like antonio carlos yo beams like album stone flower i used to have it on cd and just like would listen to it just nonstop and like to it or whatever and um i think that creeped into my like inspiration just like a little bit and uh you know like also like really fun stuff like king crimson and yellow magic orchestra is this really fun like 70s japanese kind of band that sort of sounds like video game music a little bit (laughs) like disco video game music i don't even know it's wild but um yeah there's a lot of just like for years I literally just got a Spotify I I had to break down and get one because I didn't know like Joel and Cameron the other bandmates they'd be like we're gonna play a show with these guys and I'm like I don't know who they are and I like literally need Spotify to be able to like let me know new music that's going on like I felt really out of touch and I felt like guilty about that because I'm like I'm in the music scene and I don't you know I want to like support other musicians and stuff and it's just like a lot of the times the YouTube algorithm which was all I had for music really was just giving me like weird... Left field old stuff, and like while wow, that was really cool and influential for me as far as like making music, uh, it wasn't good as far as like networking and knowing what's going on around you and like just new material that's been coming out. Like somebody in an interview was like, "What's a, your favorite album that came out in 2021?" And I literally was like, "I cannot even think about an album that came out in 2021." And that's when I was like, okay, girl, it's time to get a Spotify. Like, <laughs> YouTube is like kind of ancient a little bit, like, as far as their algorithm and stuff.
0: I don't know, but do do you feel like it's changed and benefited your how you approach music, or does it fucking matter?
1: Um, I don't. I think, I think it doesn't really like matter too much like I still get on YouTube and um you know they're able to give me lots of weird stuff that I probably wouldn't be able to find on Spotify but then like you know I think the best is to have like both things really and I do find a lot of like good new music on Spotify that I wouldn't have been able to find on YouTube you.
0: What pushed you? Did you, was bass your first choice of instrument?
1: No, actually, um, guitar was my first choice. Um, I think that I was really, like, when I was starting to want to play guitar, I loved, like, vast Bunyan and Sybil Bayer and Nick Drake and all these, like, kind of old, like, folk artists a little bit. And, um... I wanted to, like, play guitar and sing like they all did, and so guitar was definitely my first choice, which my grandmother um, played guitar, and uh, she taught me, like, how to play And um, I actually have her old guitar now that she's passed. And so that's nice. But like, yeah, she definitely like taught me a lot about that. And also piano, like, so guitar and piano were the first ones.
0: Is this the same grandmother who said we're all just going to meet ourselves at the end of this segue? Yeah. That was a terrible... I read that, and I, I read it
1: quite but I, But I knew what she meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was her for sure. She's a character. Or she was. But yeah.
0: What is was the what? Do you, what did she mean by that? I mean, it's wild. It's just that you were like in the car. I found that, yeah. I don't usually so we like were, reference uh, press releases, but that was such a distinct, interesting thing. To have.
1: Literally, was pretty much in the song. The lyrics are like almost word for word, like what she was saying. But it's like um. We were uh, on this, you know, those merges. Like, if you're in a car, you're merging on off of a highway, and like, it's just this really long, round, almost like everybody's going to the left side of the car, like flying to the left because it's like the gravity is just like pulling you because you're going such in such a big circle. And uh, she was just like, you know, we were all leaning to one side of the car, going around this big circle, like merging, and she basically. I don't remember exactly, but she was just like, you know, we're all going to just meet ourselves at the end of this, aren't we? And just kind of joking in her sort of like colloquial way. That's
0: funny. I was, I when I read it, I was like, was it was such a almost, uh, you know, poetic, insightful. I don't know how to articulate how what I thought. It was.
1: Yeah, she's she had a very like old southern Appalachian like way of speaking and a lot of the times those kinds of like people can be very very poetic with what they're saying even though a lot of people would write them off as like you know backwoods or whatever Um, it's like you know kind of hard to understand them sometimes maybe uh, you know she was so country like a few times in my life, she said, she literally said fiddly d, which I've never heard that anywhere else except for Gone with the Wind. And so, you know, like, she was born in 1927, so she was just from a different time than, like, all of us and literally went to school in a one room schoolhouse cabin and stuff um so the way that she talked was very like old timey and like poetic and I just like ate it up as a kid like I would literally journal all the time and just write down things she <laughs> like quotes by me, <laughs> which is probably why I remember like a lot of it yeah
0: I, has she entered into your lyrics before
1: Oh, um, I'm sure, like, if I really think about it and look at all my weird, um, I pull from lots of influences like that, um, and, like, I never really try to, like, make big philosophical, cool. like, you know, if I do come off as sounding like super philosophical and like poetic, it, I don't mean to be like preachy or anything in my lyrics. It's just like the lyrics come after all the, everything else is said and done the melody, the guitar, the bass, the drums, everything. And, you know, I'm just trying to like say something on top of all the sound which the sound is more important to me like the diction is more important like of what I'm saying versus like the actual words and stuff I like to keep things vague a little bit to you know just avoid the risk of sounding like like know it all, itchy in my songs because I really have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just trying to like make something sound like good, <laughs> and I I want to like I draw on like dreams a lot because those seem like safe and like vague to me, and like you know people can relate. It's like fantasy kind of like not really like set in stone, and I'm trying to make an image more than like just say a bunch of stuff that I don't know what I'm talking about you know
0: what it makes you drawn more t- which I think is fascinating that you're cr- trying to create more of an image than say something what yeah was there something that drew you to that more than saying something? I don't know if that was a did I? I felt stupid asking that.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, what was the last part you you said?
0: Uh, like, what drew you t- to that over, like, to wanting to, to provoke imagery over saying something?
1: Um, to be completely honest, I think that I've always been a little bit like self-conscious about um saying something that later I might change my mind on or being a little bit too like like super um autobiographical in my writing like I'm kind of sort of a more like private person when it comes to like my personal life. Um and you know, I'm not like a Taylor Swift person out here like writing about exes. Like I really don't if that does seep into my lyrics, it's like unintentional as fuck. Like I just like you know, I feel better when I'm up there singing and it's like creating more of like a visual experience in my mind while I'm playing the songs um you know I'm doing a lot of multitasking too like playing and singing and like sometimes like the literal movement of my mouth the vowels the diction everything about the way the word is shaped helps me to be able to like play the bass and sing at the same time more so it's like I think the lyrics are way more influenced by the fact that like, I need all the help I can get <laughs> to like concentrate and stuff
0: I, I don't know if this is a, I'm just curious if, is that why do you think maybe the music you have chosen to play is more post-punk new wave
1: though? it probably is yeah because um, country is very very biographical and um, uh, very personal you know and uh, I think that You know maybe one day I'll get there but like right now I like to just curate a vibe like you know when I play on stage I love seeing people like dancing and like you know we have some uh, slower songs that make it like kind of you know everyone slows down and listens and doesn't like move around as much which is fine but like I definitely like to um like I already am not you know a very like enthusiastic performer like I just don't think of myself as somebody who gets up on stage and like wilds out and goes crazy and like you know like a Mick Jagger like dancing all over the place um I'm very like you know some people have told me that I come off as like uh, very, like, stoic or something, which I'm, like, all right, if that's what it looks like, then good, <laughs> it's like, I have no idea what it looks like, like, it's chill with me, um, but, you know, so I like to, I like to keep my, keep the music very, like, entertaining and, like, jumpy I guess if you will like sort of like how my brain works a little bit I'm sure you've already gathered that from talking to me <laughs>
0: I, think, yeah, I think you and I have similar brains and similar bl- paths, paths, past I can't speak, I said paths in a minute. Yeah. right up to the bartending and dives.
1: Yeah. It's like, you know, jumping spiders. Our brains are just a bunch of little jumping spiders, like, you know, hopping around inside there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, and, and then, and, and too, and it's like, part of me is like, why do I drink so much fucking coffee? That's just making... it. Every- Dude, I know. I'm, but it makes me... Uh, I find, like, a weird comfort in coffee. I don't know why.
1: Yeah. It's sort of just like... I don't know. I feel like I'm either very, very mellow and tired, or I have a cup of coffee. And dude, there's just no in between. There's literally no in between. Like, God help my boyfriend. Honestly, for real, I'm just like <laughs> either like so tired and have no energy for anything, or I'm just like. <laughs> um,
0: did, was bass. Was you playing bass Sort of Because I I know A lot of people End up playing bass In bands Because somebody's Already playing guitar Was it one of those Situations Or did you Or was your Did you Your path to the bass A different one
1: so um when we first started jamming like well cameron and i were in another band previously before this which was when we were like super young like 16 and it was like not too dissimilar from the one that we're in now um and you know i was playing guitar in that band and then we lost our bassist um and the band kind of like fell apart and shit and uh So we started jamming with, uh, Joel, who is like a great drummer and we had never played with somebody who can drum like that before. And so, um, Cameron, who was playing the drums, switched to guitar and, uh, I was actually playing the keyboard. Um, but then we realized like, you know, we got to have a bass. Like, it's just like, you know, The rhythm section, you know, you got to have a complete rhythm section. Like, we felt just incomplete without a bass. So, begrudgingly, I was like, all right, I'll play the bass. Because I've always wanted to play keyboard in a band. But, you know, like, we just didn't have anybody who was jamming with us on keyboard and so I just switched to the bass and uh it actually like was super fun and I had no idea I was gonna enjoy it that much and some people are like bass sounds kind of like hard to like sing and play at the same time to me and I actually found it easier for some reason because I was able to create these like angular bass lines that kind of dance along with the melodies which is why like the baseline comes first and then the melody comes afterwards because whatever melody I choose can kind of dance on top of whatever baseline I'm playing to like make it an easier little puzzle in my brain um and so, yeah, I've been playing the bass ever since, which has been for, like, I guess, like, five years now, however long ago we started the band. And, like, it's honestly one of my favorite instruments to play now.
0: I love your bass playing just for... Thank you. And I always notice bass. I don't know why. I think because when I was a kid, I had a drum set, and then I was like, I'm going to sell it and get a bass. And my brother, who the, who I don't like, the one I talked about earlier... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Talked me out of it, and because I was a dumb young kid, I listened to him. One of the reasons he said bass players don't get chicks, and I didn't even—I was too. That is
1: not true. I, 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 I was too young to even get know what that meant. So yeah, you're like chicks, all right.
0: I got a paper route and a bike, and that's all I care about. But I would. Yeah. And but I've always been like, like not you know, I wouldn't say regret, but I've always been like, fuck, I wish I would learned how to play bass because that's so much cooler
1: yeah I mean like it's honestly like you can totally play the bass if you play guitar like I use a pick and I um I don't hardly ever do that whole like finger or something kind of bass playing you know like sometimes I do for certain songs but not to a degree uh you know where it's, like, you would call me, like, a really good, like, bass player in those regards. I do it in a very, like, punky style where it's, like, with a pick. It's, like, really hitting it hard, you know? Like, one time at a show, like we were asking our friend how it sounded and she was like it was very like you know because I think like my bass style and playing makes it sound like you know very distinctive because I'm not really playing it in a very like a normal what you would think of as like a bass way you know like Also, the Dan Electro that I play, it's very chirpy, very bright. Like, it's not at all, like, the boom, boom, boom kind of bass sound. It's, uh, I guess, why people are like, it sounds more like a lead bass than, like, just a normal old bass, you know?
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Conversations with the Wire with Sydney Chadwick of Wombo. If you want to hear the rest of the conversation, become a Patreon subscriber, $5 a month. Matt Dwyer, the mattdwyer.com. Thank you.